Ben Roethlisberger left the Steelers game against the Kansas City Chiefs in the fourth quarter. Not because he was hurt, but because of the score. Not a Steelers lead that was insurmountable, but because the Steelers were losing that badly. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. One of my thoughts throughout this season, whenever we have one of these games that the Steelers lose, or even in some of the games that they win, the tie to Detroit, a lot of these games, I come away with the thought, the Steelers are who we thought they were. And I think that because my outlook on this team going into the season, uh, my main prediction was that they would be right around 500. And that's where we are. We are at 500 with two games left to go. I had a more optimistic take that if a lot of ifs, right, if a lot of the ifs surrounding this team came out right, the Steelers would be a playoff team with a chance to make some noise. And we've seen at times that kind of potential. A lot of us... Steeler fans went into this week thinking, you know, there's a chance this Steelers team could push the Chiefs. Maybe even beat them. If certain things came out right. Uh, One of those being T.J. Watt being healthy. He wasn't. But for the season, we had a lot of ifs on this team. My biggest one was... If the offensive line could get their act together, get gel as a unit, and and become a solid, not good, but a solid NFL-quality offensive line before Ben Roethlisberger got hurt, this offense would have a chance to be good. Well, that hasn't happened. It was trending that way. The Steelers had four straight games of 100-plus yards of rushing. Looked like they were really coming together. And then Kevin Dotson got injured. After that, production dropped off a lot. The Steelers had four straight games of over 100 yards, and since then it's been around 60 yards a game heading into this game against the Chiefs. We'll talk about that in a bit. Right now, if you look at that offensive line, the left tackle, the left guard, and the center all played their very first NFL snaps this season. That's three of your five offensive linemen that are starting right now played their first NFL snaps this season. And not a single one of them was a day one draft pick. That's a recipe for disaster. That's not the line they were supposed to have. Kevin Dotson was anchoring that left-hand side after a phenomenal rookie season, and we saw that. We saw it finding life. But with John Leglu in between Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Green, or not Kevin Green, Kendrick Green, at center, it's too much youth. It's too much inexperience. there's, There's no veteran leadership, and there's no, not one of them is good enough to, to help the others in their weaknesses. And they also don't know each other that well. 
I mean, like, ooh, is this is like his third start. It took more longer than that for this line to get together and start playing better with Kevin Dotson. I haven't even had that much time with Legloo. In this game, the Steelers were able to run better. Najee Harris had over 90 yards. Benny Snell picked up some yards. But it wasn't because the offensive line was playing better. I, I, we can all remember points in the game that proved that's not the case. But because the Chiefs didn't care about the run. They didn't have to. They just sat there and said, you know, we're going to score some points and then we don't care. You can run it all you want. We're not going to really focus on stuffing the run. We're going to stop your passing offense. In that game, Ben Roethlisberger threw for 4.5 yards per pass attempt. Najee Harris ran for 4.89 yards per carry. That is a rare occurrence when you have a game where the run game is outproducing on a per-carry, per-touch basis. The passing game, that was this game. The Steelers scored one garbage-time touchdown, and the Chiefs won. They made the right choice. They just ignored the run game. They're like, you're not going to beat us with your run game, even if we don't pay that much attention to it. And they were right. One of my other ifs was Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool taking that next step up. Deontay Johnson has taken a step up. He's cut a lot of drops out of his game. He's proven he can be a more reliable receiver. Chase Claypool hasn't. But even inside of that, Deontay Johnson had people convinced he was a Pro Bowl snub. And then he came out in this last game and forgot how to carry a football. He he just dropped it. He went to switch hands and dropped the football. He had another big drop on a third down. He had another uh, incompletion. It may have been him, may have been Ben Roethlisberger. But between the two of them, they were incomplete on in on a first and you know ten near the inside the the red zone. Would have been a big catch. Incomplete there. He reminds us, you know, consistently that his flashes of greatness also come with these kind of boneheaded plays. I don't want to, I don't want to be about intelligence because I don't think it's intelligence. It's just he he drops the ball. You'll have great phenomenal plays and then bad drops or a really bad fumble. There's good reason, you know, why he's not considered a top receiver in the in the NFL and and that's why. My other offensive ones were Pat Fryermuth needed to be a weapon. He's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, he was out this week. That it showed. This offense stagnated. Pat Fryermuth is a huge part of this offense. Najee Harris needed to be a really good running back. He's been better than that. But the number one key was the offensive line and Ben Roethlisberger's health. Again, it looked like it was coming together. They had those four straight games, even with the passing 
game struggling. They were able to run the ball. Teams were loading the box. It didn't matter. Kevin Dotson went out. That went away. Now we are where we are. On defense. The defensive line continues to be Cameron Hayward and the JV squad. They're going to keep that name until they make me change it. Behind the defensive line, the inside linebackers had one of their worst games of the season. Stay with me here on this one. The Chiefs running backs recorded 95 receiving yards. The last time the Steelers had gave up 95 receiving yards to running backs was week one of 2019 when the New England Patriots came to Pittsburgh and they attacked Vince Williams and rookie Devin Bush in his first NFL games with their, you know, the way they use their running backs. And I think it was James White and Rex Burkhead both had good games. And they came out with ninety exactly 95 yards. Same amount that we gave up this game. That was Devin Bush's first NFL game. Steelers have not given up 95 receiving yards to a group of running backs since Devin Bush's first game in the NFL. The second time they did it was his game he missed this week. In that game, week one of 2019, they didn't run all over the Steelers. In this game, the running backs had 127 yards. The last time a team had running backs run for 120 or more yards while also having their running backs collect at least 95 yards receiving was in 2017 against the Baltimore Ravens. That was after Ryan Shazier was out, and they had Sean Spence playing. That was was a Sean Spence game, if you remember that one, against the Ravens, where the Ravens ran all over them and threw to the running backs all game, and the Steelers had no answer for it. Ryan Shazier was gone. That's the last time this happened to the Steelers. Games like this one are why the Steelers drafted Devin Bush. His, his lack of being able to take on linemen is something they were willing to accept to, br- to take on what Bush brings in coverage. They had a huge weakness. If you go back to 2018, they had a huge problem with running backs and tight ends against the Steelers' defense. Vince Williams and John Bostick couldn't cover them, just flat out couldn't cover them. Bush came in and solved that. We've seen it recently in the past few weeks. Yeah, sure, he wasn't good against the run, but we also saw him break up multiple passes. We saw him covering uh, tight ends and running backs, shutting them down. Without Travis Kelsey in this game, the Chiefs and the, the Chiefs focused through their running backs. I mean, between Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill, they had 19 receiving yards. Those guys are something like a ridiculous amount. Like 40% of the Chiefs passing offense are those two players. And combined with Travis Kelsey out and Tyree Kill struggling against the Steelers' defense, pretty much got shut down. He had 19 yards. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined for under 20 yards. 
the Chiefs attacked the Steelers' defense through their running backs. Not just running the ball, but throwing to their running backs. You know it's bad. When the Steelers, on the one drive, they, they had like two or two throws to running backs, a run, and then they threw the running back again. And after that, the Steelers moved, changed how they defended running backs. They, they, they put Terrell Edmonds in the box. And if the running backs came out on routes, it was Terrell Edmonds picking them up a lot. That's that's awful. When your your guy who is your mismatch solver has to cover Derek Gore because the linebackers can't, that's bad. That's pretty that's that's really bad. That's where this Steelers team is. Injuries, bad play, some lack of growth. On defense and the defensive backfield, uh, we needed Cameron Sutton to step up and be a starting level corner, a, a number, a legit number two corner, and that's what he is. He's a legit number two corner. When Joe Hayden was out and he was forced to be number one, he got exposed. That's that's just the case. Joe, Joe Hayden goes out, the Steelers are bad. I, you can't, you you don't want a quarterback group where your number one corner. Used to be your number four corner the year before, right? Cameron Sutton made a big leap up. He's a good player, and he's a really solid number two cornerback. But he's not a number one. We needed the depth to be filled. We we obviously didn't replace Mike Hilton, but Millette has been pretty good. Uh, Trey Norwood, James Pierre, Akella Witherspoon have alternately in different times been good enough and we needed the safeties to be really good they have been safeties have been fantastic Devin Bush struggling with his groin injury uh, has been has been hard but the real the real problem with this defense is the defensive line was shallow the defensive line needed to be healthy and with the age of Alu Alu the amount of reps you've seen from Stefan Tuitt and Cameron Hayward, I didn't know if they could pull that off, and they haven't. They're down two players. The depth has not held up. So really, the Steelers are who we thought they were. They're a team that right now, in order to win, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cameron Hayward, those players have to dominate. Enough that the Steelers can win based on them. And and that's not a good spot to be in. But that's enough about where the Steelers are right now. We're going to end this first half of the show, take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the rest of the season. What we can look forward to. Is there any hope? You know, what what is, what are our goals? What is the story for the second, the, the last part of this season? We're going to get to that after I come back from this break. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? 
It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Go make sure you check out all the articles this week, breaking down that awful loss, but also giving you, you know, stories for the rest of the the rest of the season, what little is left, there's some stuff you're going to enjoy on there. There's some positive things. There's there's things that are going to dig into the ugliness and the muck and the mire of this awful loss. There's going to be things that look more on the bright side. There's going to be some opinion pieces that tell you, hey, you know, relax. This isn't the end. And maybe even a few pieces that say, hey, you know what? This might actually be the end. Maybe panic. <laughs> maybe now is the right time to panic and, and go crazy. I don't all know what's going to be written this week, but it's, you know, it's behind the steel curtain. You're going to get, you're going to get, there's going to be something for you no matter what you want to read and what you're looking for. On the podcast side, with Brown's week coming up, I want to plug again uh, the two shows that I know will be really good. Uh, first is the guys from Ohio, the power, Steeler Power Half Hour. Make sure you check out their show. They talk about, <laughs> every week they talk about the Steelers' opponent and not just the team, but they bring the whole city into it, their fans and everything. Uh, so it's, it, that's always a great, great show. Anytime it's a base, we're playing an Ohio team, especially the Browns. Uh, from another fellow person who you know went to college and lived for a number of years in Browns' territory, where these guys have lived. Uh, I really enjoy the takes. I really enjoy the show. It's a great listen. Make sure you check that out. Also, uh, check out what Ian's talking about. That's going to be a good show. This It's always good coming up to the Browns or a rivalry game. They always have something creative, something very clever going on. Make sure you check those shows out this week. Have a little lighthearted fun. Uh, get away from the the... <laughs> The uncomfortable job of breaking down what's wrong with this team that that I get to do here. And get into something a little more fun, a little more lighthearted, a little more, you know, fan. A little more fan-related. I know I enjoy it. 
And and if you watch my predictions each week on uh, when I'm with Michael Beck on uh, Know Your Enemy Wednesday nights, our YouTube show come out on the audio side on Thursdays. You'll know that I I get my fan on a little bit, and no matter how hard I break this down, and no matter how much I can watch the Steelers and say there's no way this team should win a game, like this team should not be competing with anyone. I can't I I can't give up on them, and I, I constantly am convincing myself that things are going to fall right and they're going to find a way to win. Predicted that they would beat the Chiefs. That did uh, that did not happen. Um, <laughs> far far from what happened. But let's 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 move on from uh, the Chiefs game. I don't want to dwell too long on that. I don't think many people do. Uh, and let's look at the rest of the season. What do we have to look forward to the rest of the season? A good number of you are probably like, yeah, there's nothing left. It's over. Steals are terrible. I don't want to watch another game. But there's some things to look forward to. First off, this coming up this week, Steelers play the Cleveland Browns. They play them at Heinz Field. I still believe this is Ben Roethlisberger's last season. I don't think the Steelers will bring him back. They had to this year, whether they wanted to or not. And we know there were supposedly rumblings inside the organization that people would have preferred for Ben to leave. Uh, a decent number of people. Ben, of course, took that pay cut, came back. But the biggest deal was by coming back, he saved the Steelers a ton of money against a cap in a year where the cap dropped substantially. They had to have him come back. This year, next year, the cap is going to go up. And the, the dead money for Ben leaving is not going to be the same as it was would have been if he had left before this season. Obviously because he's getting paid this year. His contract for this year is going to be fulfilled and he'll just have dead money from the rest of it. Which isn't going to be that you know, hard to, to take next season. I think it's his last season. That adds a little bit of weight to these last two games. Especially this Heinz Field matchup with the Cleveland Browns. I still believe one of the reasons Ben Roethlisberger came back is because he's not going to end his career with that brutal loss to the Browns in the playoffs that we saw to end the 2020 season. That was awful. And Ben Roethlisberger didn't want to go out like that. We saw from his energy on the field during the game and, and directly after it, the energy Ben Roethlisberger brought to that first Cleveland game, you know, to me, backed up that point pretty well. It was all the evidence I needed to say, you know what, no, I actually was right about that. He, he really wanted that win. Well, this is at home. This is the Browns' last game against Ben Roethlisberger. I believe his last shot at him, a team he has tormented and just destroyed and owned his entire career, this is his last shot at the team that passed on him. Would have had him playing close to home. And instead, he ended up in Pittsburgh. 
this game is going to be a big one. The Browns, is, are, is their roster more talented than the Steelers? Absolutely, yes. Should the Browns win this matchup? Yeah, if the Browns and Steelers played 10 times. Just looking at the talent on their rosters. Really. The Browns should win that game like 8 out of 10 times. They have the better offensive line. Right now, I, I can't say the Steelers receivers are better. Steelers tight ends, maybe? Fryermuth has passed them up. Offensive line, definitely not. Running backs, definitely the Browns are have the advantage there. Quarterback is as close as it's ever been. I still take Ben Roethlisberger, but you know I don't have a great argument against people who would take Baker Mayfield. On defense, you know we've got T.J. Watt, they've got Miles Garrett, they've they've got Jadavion Clowney, they've got a lot of talent. I've got talent in the secondary. They're on paper, a better team than us. But the Browns are finding ways to lose. And in my opinion, the Steelers are kind of finding ways to win. You see, they get the Steelers aren't like throwing out these really disappointing losses, other than like the tie to Detroit. There's some. But a lot of the Steelers' losses are they're just getting exposed as a team that's not good. They're getting exposed that this is a bad team. And then they're finding ways to win that that don't make a lot of sense. You're just like, how did they win that game? So, for me, I think this is a winnable game. Not the Steelers have to win this game or, or, oh my gosh, it'd be a huge upset if the Browns win this game. No. I think the Browns should probably be favored if you just went off talent. The Browns should be favored in this game. But the culture of the team and coaching still gives the Steelers an advantage there. Steelers can win this game, and if they do... I hate talking like this, but is that our Super Bowl? Is beating the Browns in Heinz Field in Ben Roethlisberger's last game against them... Is that kind of our Super Bowl? You get what I'm saying here? We talk about that with other teams. You know, the, the Browns will win five games, but they beat the Steelers, and their fans are like, yeah, we beat you guys. We're, we're the best. And you're like, yeah, that was your Super Bowl, wasn't it? Like week seven of the regular season was your Super Bowl. We're not a playoff team. <laughs> Even if we somehow miraculously sneak into the playoffs, uh, which I think the odds of that are almost I, – I, I'm not that show. You want, you want to talk about playoff – situations and can the Steelers still make it there's I'm sure Dave Schofield some other people could talk about that that's not me if they somehow sneaked in I I wouldn't expect anything I'd be like oh cool we made the playoffs you know that's not not watch the game I'm going to cheer for us but I don't have great expectations for some kind of run to the Super Bowl this season I think that's pretty unlikely so is this the game that really matters the most or I'll expand it even the next week at the Ravens does that is that included in this right are, are these our games is this this is what's left of our season but is this all we have to look forward to is just being like hey you know screw you guys in the AFC North we're taking we're taking our two 
teams that we dislike the most and we're going to try and beat them here and wreck their seasons. And I do mean wreck their seasons. The Browns are seven and eight. We, you know, we beat them and they go to seven and nine. We lock them into a losing season and we also finish ahead of them. Clinch finishing ahead of the Browns in a season where they were a popular pick for a Super Bowl contender and the Steelers were supposed to be the worst team in the AFC North. To put the Browns back down at the bottom and sweep them, that'd be a good feeling. That'd be a good feeling. And that'd probably be the best feeling of the season. That's what I would take away from the season. So you could argue, yeah, that's that's for me, that would be the Super Bowl for the season. That would be the biggest deal that the Brown that the Steelers accomplished was sweeping the Browns, putting them at the bottom of the AFC North, and finishing ahead of them. The crazy thing is the week after that, the Ravens. If they lose, if the Ravens lose to the Rams, right? They'll be eight and eight. Steelers will face the Ravens, and if the Steelers beat the Browns, the Steelers would be eight, seven, and one. Ravens would be eight and eight, and we'd be playing the Ravens to finish ahead of both the Ravens and the Browns. Most likely second place, but potentially, potentially still in the running. I think. I don't know what the Bengals are doing. I, I should have looked at their roster before I said that, their actual standings before I said that. But the Bengals, yeah, the Bengals are 9-6. and six. We can't catch them. Yeah, we're 7. We can get to 9-7-1. and one. Uh, Yeah, if they lose if they lose out, if they go 9-8, and eight, if, they, if the Bengals go 9-8, and eight, we could pull ahead of them. But they'd have to lose both their last two games. Unlikely to happen. But they could. But if we face the Ravens, man, if they, we face the Ravens and the Ravens are eight and eight and we beat them and they go to eight and nine and the Steelers go to nine, seven, and one, that be a nice end of the season. It would be a nice end to a terrible season. It'd be like, you know, not, it wouldn't redeem the season. It wouldn't make it a good year. I wouldn't be happy. Oh. You know what? Actually, no, I'm, I'm going to change that. I would be happy. I would be. I know myself. I'd be happy. I, I don't like to think that. I like to think that I would be like, oh, you know, we still need to be a contender for the Super Bowl to have a good season. But, oh, man, if we stick it to the Browns and Ravens, I think that would be enough for me. I think I'd be happy. Not proud to say that. That would be incredible. And I think it's doable. Ravens got no cornerbacks. The Browns are just finding ways to lose games. We don't know who all they'll have back from COVID. But man, we can do this. I I, I think we can do this. The Browns at home, then go beat the Ravens. Man, that's that's kind of saving the season a bit. A bit. Especially in a year where, let's be honest, the Steelers are bad. We're a bad team, and we're in a rebuild. Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback he used to be, and I do believe he's going to be done after this season. I, I don't think he'll come back. I think he knows how limited he is. I think he knows the situation he's in isn't going to improve with him in it. 
So that's that's my outlook on the season, man. Is is I guess with this loss to the Chiefs, I've already shifted gears. I expected this loss. Maybe I'll have to talk about that next week. I'll have to, I'll have to look at w- what point in the season did I actually give up on this team being like a playoff team, a team that could make an improbable run. It might have. It, it was probably what I looked when the score got lopsided in the Chiefs game. There, it was probably like partway through the second quarter of the Chiefs game when that changed for me. But right now, man, a win against the Browns and win against the Ravens, I'll be all right with that. I'd, I'd be happy with that, and I think it's doable. So, in spite of all the craziness, in spite of all the negativity, in spite of all the injuries and all the disappointments, the players who haven't lived up to their potential and the Players who have but frustratingly can't get on the field enough to really turn this season around. That's where we are now. The Steelers can beat the Browns. The Steelers can beat the Ravens. Gosh, I'd be happy with that. Let me know. Comment. Find me on uh, Twitter. I'm at Fantaskippy. P-H-A-N-T-A-S-K-I-P-P-Y. Let me know. Yell at me. Tell me how terrible I am for for giving up on anything more than just sticking it to our rivals. Let me know. Other than that, hey, you know, it's been a good show. Thank you for listening to The Cutting Room Floor. Have a good week. Go Steelers. Go Steelers.